everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week we're on episode 163, and we're asking, how do you balance writing and life? <laughs> what a fun one to talk about. Before we dive into this topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. If you haven't already, and if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Okay, so writing life balance. <laughs> I don't know if anyone even has that, but let's talk about it anyway. So my piece of advice for this is to find your dead time. And we all have dead time, whether you are standing in line at the grocery store, sitting in a waiting room at the doctor's, anything like that, where you, you're kind of stuck waiting for something. Instead of messing around on your phone, take a pad and pen or use the notes on your phone and work on some of the plot holes in your story or the questions you need to answer or even draft out some pieces of dialogue. If you're in a place where you're waiting and there's nobody else around, you can use the voice recorder on your phone, which I actually prefer because my hand can never keep up with my brain. So it's like I've always scribbling and it's like I can't read that honestly dead time doesn't even have to be done just for slotting writing time in it can be good for making time in just regular life so for example if you are making a cup of tea or coffee while the kettle boils or the coffee maker percolates or whatever the hell coffee makers do you can be emptying the dishwasher or wiping down the sink or doing a recce of what you have in the fridge and then making a list of what you need to go and get at the grocery store the next time you go you could be doing the laundry so put the phone on speaker and call the gas company or any of the other calls you probably should have made by now there's all these little pockets of time that's kind of lurking around that we kind of find ourselves scrolling on our phones so if you take those times and not scroll on your phone you actually get more done so i i found out i was doing that a lot whenever i had a cup of tea and as a british person i was always having cups of tea and i would put the kettle on and i would literally just stand in the kitchen staring out the window at the birds because i like watching garden birds and sometimes there would be no birds and i would just be staring out the window waiting for the birds to appear and sometimes they didn't or i was scrolling on my phone and then after i'd made the tea I would then be like, oh, I need to fill the dishwasher or I haven't sorted the the laundry I could have taken out of the washing machine and hung it out and all this stuff. And then I started to try and use these little pockets of time to fill with other things. So instead of making a cup of tea and then emptying the dishwasher and then doing the laundry, you kind of slot them in in between each other. I know it sounds really silly, but you'd be surprised how much you get done with the little dead times. And there are a lot of these waiting around moments. Are you waiting for the iron to heat up? Waiting for the kettle to boil? Waiting for the gas company to take you off hold? You know, especially if you're doing anything with a phone, if you can get yourself like wireless headset, something where you can be wandering around, you can still be doing things. So you're not just sat waiting to deal with things. Yeah, that's, it's, it's weird. And it's, it's one of those things that everyone thinks they know, but then they never seem to do it. Or maybe it was just me and I never did it. But yeah, so find your dead time and try and use it usefully. I've never heard the term dead time before, but I actually do this all the time because I'm a workaholic and I cannot sit down and take a break or relax at all because otherwise I'll just feel guilty and I feel like I need to be doing something. Uh, So yeah, I actually use dead time all the time. When I go pick up the kid from school, I usually get there like 30 to 45 minutes early. Uh, This is because I have parking anxiety. So I claim my spot and then I usually, I have a notebook in my backpack that I bring everywhere with me. So 
when I have that time that I'm just sitting in the car, I have my music on and I open up my notebook and I will either write down story ideas or figure out what I need to do next for my story. Or I'll think about all the stuff that I got done that day and start making a to-do list for tomorrow. Or if I am going dog sitting soon, I'll make a list of things that I need to pack or a grocery shopping list or what have you. And I'll just sit there in my little bubble and jot these notes down in my brain dump notebook, I call it. And I also do that too. Like when I'm waiting for the, when I'm waiting for the coffee to brew, I usually will empty the dishwasher or something because it takes about like two minutes. So a lot of times I'll only get through the bottom rack of the dishwasher, but I always have more than one cup of coffee. So I'll, by the time the coffee's done, I finish the bottom rack of the dishwasher. I drank my coffee while I go upstairs and do whatever work I need to do. And then for my next cup, I go back downstairs. As I wait for that to brew, I empty the top rack of the dishwasher. So it all kind of evens out in the end. So I do really like that. You do need to utilize your dead time. And depending on how much dead time you have, I do want to point out that you should just sometimes take a step back and relax because Ari, as you mentioned, that sometimes when you're waiting for something, you'll just be looking out the window, watching the birds and stuff. I do that a lot too. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we just need to stand by the window or at the back door and just watch nature for a couple of minutes and just see what's going on outside and just re-immerse yourself back into the real world rather than whatever is on your computer or on your phone or just anything. So with that said, my little piece of advice for balancing writing and life is to actually prioritize the things in your life. Um, If writing is a hobby, you can just fit it in wherever you can. If you want to write two times a week, then try to write two times a week, even if it's for 10 minutes during one of those writing sessions. But don't try to say, oh, I want to write every Tuesday and Thursday, because now you're fitting it into your schedule. And the whole point is to just get some writing done. You don't want to make it too much of a chore in a way, I guess. Uh, But on the other hand, if your goal is to make writing a career, then it should be higher on the prioritized list. And if you want to add writing regularly into your schedule, then yes, absolutely. You can say, I want to write every Tuesday and every Thursday from this time to that time. And you kind of need to treat it like a job, even if it's a part-time job, and then just slot it into your normal routine. That's a good point, separating out like hobby writing from trying to have a professional career in that in that sense. That's a good point. I have to admit, I do like the idea of where you prioritize it. It's, it's as important as the other job you may have. It's as important as certain tasks that you might do. And the problem is we often have that sense of when I've done X, Y, Z, then I'll do some writing. Or what you might do is what I used to do, which was, well, when I eventually get four hours chunk of time, then I can write as if I couldn't just write in 10 minutes. If I had 10 minutes, I could be checking some notes. I could be doing a page of editing. I could be uh, making details about a character I haven't filled out their profile on. I think the problem is we have, we have this idea that writing is is like the act of writing 100%. And this is why I have an issue with daily word counts. Just going to kind of tangent off for a second, but I promise I'll come back around. The problem with daily word counts is this idea that if you're starting a book, then you have thousands of words ahead of you that you need to get written. Great. If you are 75,000 words into your book, you might only have another 10,000 words to write. And you might be struggling with those. Say, you know, I've got to write 500 words a day. I've got to write 2,000 words a day. Blah, 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 blah. That doesn't always work, especially if you're deep into the weeds of the book. Two hours of your time might be better spent 
fixing a plot hole, sorting out the fact that you've, you know, overused the word strange like 20 times in a sentence. It's one of my issues at the moment. It might be that you're struggling with a piece of the world building and it, it's just not working because it's actually affecting the plot because your character has to get from A to B to C and you've put a gigantic mountain in the way and didn't think about that. So this is why I'm not I'm not big on writing word goals for a day. I like the idea of, of writing or doing something writing writerly every day if you can, whether that is reading through a scene, doing a bit of editing, doing some writing, doing some character profiling, doing some world building, planning your next story, outlining, whatever it is. But I don't like word counts per day because I think that can mess you up. But yeah, by prioritizing it, it doesn't have to be, well, when I get four or five hours of time, just prioritizing, just saying, you know what? The laundry can wait for an extra hour while I do some writing or I will tell my family, yes, we can go to the cinema. Can we see there's something, you know, an hour later? Does it have to be at this time? I mean, obviously, if it does, then fine. But yeah, it does need to be prioritised. And don't expect everyone else to prioritise it. So you have to hold those boundaries tightly. Because, goddamn, people will just tromp all over them. Yeah, no, well, that's that's why I said that if you treat it like a job, if you want writing to be a career, again, if writing is a hobby for you, then you can be a little more flexible with it. But you should treat it like a job and... So that way, if people reach out to you and say, hey, you know, could you run this errand for me? Because they're stuck at their nine to five and they're like, oh, you know, you're home. Could you just go do this? Be like, no, sorry. Uh, my next uh, slot, my next uh, break is at this time. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. You may not even be writing at that time. You may be doing something else for work. But, you know, you, you need to keep yourself on that schedule. And especially like if you work from home or if you know, even just like a stay-at-home parent or something, and you're trying to fit writing in, you still need to treat it like a job and kind of schedule it in. Obviously, things happen and you should be a little bit flexible with some things, but for the most part, you got to stick to your guns a little bit. If it's that important to you, then you should be able to just treat it as such. I think as we both work from home, it's so easy for people who don't work from home to to treat people who work from home like we're literally just sitting around waiting for them to give us errands and requests and everything. I still get phone calls from, from family and friends during the day when I'm working because in their eyes, I'm at home and it's like, yeah, working. So I do actually have to put my phone on Do Not Disturb and like turn it upside down because if I see it light up, I will just answer it because I can't help myself. So... I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I babysit in the afternoons too. So on occasion, if the kid is sick and the parents really have to go into work or if the kid has a half day from school, then yeah, I maneuver my schedule a little bit so that I can go help them out and be there for the kid. But for the most part, it's like if I'm home from this time to this time, I am working. Yeah. If it's on Monday through Friday, I am working. <laughs> It's like that concept, isn't it, where it says like, oh, what are you doing? It's like nothing. It's like, oh, could you do this? It's like, no, 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 I'm doing nothing. That's exactly. what I'm doing. Don't start filling it with your crap. But speaking of filling it with your crap, delegate. <laughs> where possible, and obviously with the support of others, see if you can delegate. Now, this does not mean dumping all your chores or all your errands onto other people who live in your house. But depending on priorities and workload and time schedules, I, there is nothing wrong with delegating certain things. Let's be honest, there is a lot of mental and emotional labor that is done in a household, in a family. And it should never just fall on one person. It does in many cases. It falls on one person and it's not always acknowledged by the person who does it, the person who doesn't realize they're there that it's falling to that person. So this is kind of the boundary thing again. If you can delegate certain things, if you can say no 
to certain things or put them off you know if someone says can you do this it's like unless it's urgent and it needs to be done on a certain day a certain time it should be either be able to be delegated or pushed to another time when you are free the problem is a lot of people especially people pleasers and i know a lot of writers are people pleasers (laughs) rachel is waving at me there we have a tendency to not feel comfortable saying no and it's crap. It's horrible saying no. But the problem is, if you don't ever say no, people will just keep asking you for stuff. And it's not always urgent. And it can wait. And what do we do? We feel obliged that we have to do it straight away. There's nothing wrong with delegating to somebody else if they're willing to be supportive. If they're not willing to be supportive, that's fine. The odd time. If it's continual, then you may need to think about why they're being like that, especially if you are doing things for them. Things should be split equally, especially regarding like chores and errands and everything again this all depends on priorities and workloads i'm not saying someone who works an 80 hour week is expected to come home and do 50 percent of the chores if there's another person at home who does not work 80 hours a week this of course includes both mental and emotional labor as well just saying but yeah it's it should be okay to reach out for support and help with friends and family and ask for assistance so if you are trying to write for one hour a day and you are struggling because other things keep coming up whether it's taking the kids somewhere whether it's doing a certain type of chores whether it's being expected to do errands for other people all the time see if that can be delegated to others see if somebody else could pick up the kids once a week see if somebody else could help with one or two of the errands doesn't have to be all the time this is not you shifting it onto somebody else completely so that that poor person has no time to do anything extra as well it's about spreading the load equally i'm not a parent i don't have kids so (laughs) take this with a grain of salt but i do know people who are parents and there are the parents who just want to do everything and then there are parents who are helping their kids to say well here's how to put your put your clothes away yeah put your basket in your room you put your clothes in these drawers if you need to do this again we're not saying suddenly you know your child's two years old and they're making their own breakfast and ironing their own shirts we're not doing that but there are ways you can do it i'm probably gonna get grief from parents going you don't know i don't know i don't know i don't but yeah just it is possible to delegate with support from other people and if you are a people pleaser just try it just try and, and and if the person says no, that's fine. But maybe have a conversation, communicate, see if there's anything they can do. Maybe not that day, maybe another day. If it just gives you half an hour, if it gives you an hour, if it means that you can get up early and do that and they'll make breakfast, something that can give you a little bit of time, it's a good idea. No, oh, it is because I'm not a parent either, but I do babysit as I have already said in this episode. And when the kid was younger, I would, you know, come and help her with her homework and just kind of more or less hover because she was younger. Now she's older. She's 10 years old. And sometimes when she does homework, she can 90% of the time do homework independently unless there's something she's really stuck on and she doesn't understand. So a lot of afternoons, I just kind of sit on my phone and I kind of do work through my phone by answering emails or just doing whatever I can while she's focused on her homework because otherwise I will bother her because I get bored. And every once in a while, she'll be like, oh, I'm hungry. Can you go get me a yogurt? And sometimes, even though technically I'm on the job for her at that moment. I'm like, I'm in the middle of something. You go get a yogurt. You're 10 years old. The fridge is right behind you. You can do it. And she does. And she understands that. She knows that I work sometimes while, you know, she's doing her homework. So yeah, sometimes you just got to like delegate depending on how old your kids are. Uh, Nah, 
you have legs, you can go and do that yourself. I know you know how to get a yogurt, you know where the spoons are, you can do it. So no, that's that's fine. And even I, I do it at home too. My sister and I, we alternate uh, cleaning up the dishes after dinner every night. And there, I mean, we're both writers, so we both understand. But especially during NaNoWriMo sessions, if it's supposed to be my turn to do the dishes, that night, I will be like, I didn't get a chance to get my writing done today. Do you mind doing the dishes so I can go upstairs and get it done? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. So, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of give and take as well with it because I, I have more time during the day than she does because she has a nine to five job. So nine times out of ten, she's the one being like, I didn't get to finish my writing. Can you do the dishes? And then I'm doing the dishes most nights. But like I said, you get it's give and take. So I do agree. Delegate where you can. Which kind of brings me into my uh, final point is that you shouldn't worry about getting it all done in one day. This is an issue that I have and I'm slowly getting myself out of it is that I cram too many tasks for me to do in one day. And then at the end of the day, if I don't finish everything on my to-do list, I feel guilty and I get upset with myself about it. And so I know it's easier said than done, but really you can't worry about getting everything done in one day because it's just not possible. There are chores that need to get done around the house. You have to take a shower. Seriously, you stink. It's been like two weeks. You have to shower. You got to go grocery shopping. You got to just, you got to go out and have fun. Say hi to your friends if you have any. Most of us probably don't because oh, we're all introverts. But there, there is more to life than just the writing and just work pretty much. So if you have a lot of stuff that you need to get done for your writing projects, try to do it in bite-sized pieces. I utilize Todoist. I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I have a goal on there to try to get five tasks done per day. And sometimes I don't always get five tasks done because some tasks take longer than others. And there's really no issue whether you do or you don't. If you reach your task goal, then Todoist is like, yay, you did it. That's it. You don't get anything out of it. It's, you know, no big deal. So if I don't reach that goal, it doesn't bother me as much. But also what I like to do is I, because I have that goal, I only assign myself five tasks per day to get done. And if I complete them all, great. If I have extra time and I'm able to go on to the next day and get a task done, then that's also great because then it means I have less to do the next day, which gives me more free time to do something else. So yeah, you got to kind of, you got to find that balance of what you're able to do and what you're able not to do. And every day is going to be different. Every week is going to be different. Life is going to throw some wrenches at you. So you're going to have to be flexible and figure that out as well. So it's not easy, but if you just tell yourself, I don't have to get it all done in one day, eventually you will start to believe yourself. I'm the same. I love filling up my to-do list with the most things possible because I always have this idea especially the night before it's like I am going to be so productive in the morning and I'm like listing like 50 things and I get up in the morning and go oh I don't want to do any of that <laughs> I do the same thing because it's the it's it's also like I run two websites and then I have my books and then there's other life things going on and I'm always like well I need to get five things done for this and five things done for that and five things done for that and then before you know it, yeah, you have 50 things on your to-do list and then you get overwhelmed. Yeah. 100%. And you're lucky to get two of them done. Yeah. Thing is, you always feel busy and there's a lot to do. I mean, I felt like that for years. And yet Rachel and I still started a podcast, which takes a lot of time, people. I mean, 
scripting, recording, organizing guests, which that can often take a long time. I don't know if you can hear my cat crying for food because I haven't fed him yet. And he's just whining outside the door. But yeah, so and editing and you know uploading and scheduling, it's like a lot. And yet we still added that to our task list. It's like those things. You actually have more time than you realize. If you pick up your phone, I think most smartphones have them, and you go and you look at your settings and you go down to wellness and you see how much time you've spent on the different apps and the different websites and things. Although mine just is like internet, but then it's like, you know, Prime videos and Spotify and all that. Some days they'll be like, you know, you spent three hours on TikTok. You do that every day. You realize how much time you actually have. Yes, you should spend some time enjoying and like, like winding down. If you check at the end of every day how much time on your phone under the wellness, uh, that's mine is on my phone, it says wellness, or under the wellness section on your settings, it will tell you how long you spent on things. And it's quite shocking because you were sitting there, oh, I have no time. I didn't spend that long. You did. You, I guarantee you spent more time than you realized. So there's definitely something you could probably cut down. No, I'm looking at my phone right now. I have an iPhone. So if you go to settings and you click on screen time, it'll show you. And at the time of recording this, my daily average is an hour and 19 minutes on my phone, which is down 43% from last week. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually, I knew that they showed the screen time every once in a while, but oh yeah, look at that. You can see the breakdown of my apps. Uh, I would like to point out, what time is it over there? How long have you been up? (laughs) It is now 11 a.m. And I've been up since like 5.30. Crazy. But there is like a downtime option. So if I turn downtime on, I'll only be able to use certain apps until tomorrow. Yeah. And you can set at limit, app limits, not at limits. (laughs) I'm not going to use any of those settings probably, but... You don't realize everyone underestimates. Apparently, this they do tests on this where they said, like, how long do you spend online? How often do you spend on social media, on your phone? And most people completely underestimate. And speaking of underestimate, I'm going to add another point use timers. And I'm not saying use timers to control, time yourself doing stuff. Because I was doing that quite recently. I started using timers because my ADD brain just like freaks out. So I needed to kind of keep myself like limited to things so I didn't end up getting swept away doing stupid things I didn't need to do however I kept putting things oh I'm going to do 20 minutes of emails or I'm going to do I'm going to take 30 minutes to make my orders and then I realized it actually took me an hour to make my orders or I didn't get that many emails done in 20 minutes and I was like oh yeah I'll get like 12 emails done and it didn't happen because depending on the type of emails it just didn't I completely overestimated how much I could get done and I I, I did not manage half of the stuff and it made me realize that's probably why I felt so busy and so overwhelmed because I have my to-do list I have my tasks and I was always like well you know once I've done these important ones I'll get to writing but I would assume that those important ones would take up to maybe like two or three hours and actually they'd take four or five hours and then by that time you know my energy levels were down and then other things were coming up that needed you know that had time frames and suddenly I didn't get any writing done so if you do certain things every day Right. So if you are running a business, if you have a job, if you deal with like um, your children, if you deal with certain chores, you might think, oh, an hour to do my chores. And maybe it takes longer than that. You just don't realize. So time yourself and give yourself a more accurate idea. Obviously, roughly changes by day, but give you like an average idea of how long certain tasks last and then start using timers to block your day out. So if I want to go on social media, I will give myself a 30 minute timer and I will just go and do social media. And as soon as that timer goes off, I stop. 
if I want to clear my email box, I'll give myself an hour and I'll still fail because I hate emails and I just never get them all done. But I'll get a good chunk of them done. And I can only give myself an hour because I hate emails and any longer than that. And I just want to burn the house down. So yeah, time is quite good, but it helps just to, to address the fact that you might think things take less time than they actually do. And that might be why there's this kind of constant busy, 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 busy that we all seem to have at the moment. So yeah, that's my extra one. Try it. Try and find out how much you completely mess up your schedule when you think it only takes like an hour and it doesn't. That's a really good point, actually, because I do use timers sometimes. But I, as as you put it, I use timers as a way to like control my day. Like if I'm doing laundry or something and the dryer takes about an hour, I'll be I'll set a timer for an hour and then tell myself, OK, see what you can get done in this hour or do this in this hour or something. And I, I really should start timing myself to see how long it actually takes me to complete certain tasks. Because then, yeah, you can accurately block your days and really squeeze in the perfect amount of things that you need to do. And you you don't feel like you're rushing at the end of the day. You don't feel like you didn't get enough done. That's, yeah, I like that. I'm going to have to start doing that. But I, I feel like I need like a good week to to figure it out so that I have a baseline. Yeah, you need certain tasks that you do all the time. Mm-hmm. So like editing a podcast. I mean, again, our podcast changed sizes, but roughly on average, timing yourself doing that, timing how long it takes to upload or create like social media. Say you do social media week by week. I don't know how you do social media. And you create graphics, you sort photographs, you take, you write your captions and then you schedule them, or you might be one of these people that just does it on the fly. Either way, work out, like, if you are one that sort of, one of these people that, like us, who, who schedule things, how long does it take you to make those graphics? How long does it take you to find the right photographs and add the filters and come up with the captions? I mean, people have this idea, oh, it's, it's really quick. Is it? Have you tried? I honestly thought the certain, certain chores I do every morning took a certain amount of time. I was so off. <laughs> And it, it's one of those things you, you think, well, obviously you'd notice if you started at 10 and by you finished by 11, you, you know it only takes an hour. But seriously, how often do you check the time when you start doing your chores and then you throw in a cup of tea in the middle? I don't know. But yeah, it just, it really made a difference making me realize, wow, I'm giving an hour to do my, making my orders and sorting my business paperwork. Just the paperwork took half an hour and I didn't realize it was going to do that. So yeah, it can often take longer. So timers are your friend, people. And honestly, I'm going to say it, try not to use the timer on your phone. I'm going to get a lot of pushback by this because it gives you an excuse to keep picking up your phone. So if you're on the computer, put it on the computer. There's loads of free timers. Just stick one on. Easy as, almost said easy as piss. That's not a nice thing. <laughs> easy as pie. Put it on and do it that way. It stopped me from touching my phone because I used to use timers on my phone and I would pick it up, switch the timer off and, oh, I got a notification. Oh, so I'll just check that. I'll just check Instagram. And then suddenly four hours have gone and I've messed around on the phone. So that's another quick tip. That's I like that. I do like that tip. But do you have uh, the voice recognition on your phone? No. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. See, like I have an iPhone. So if I just say, hey, Siri, hopefully didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it hurt me. Um, <laughs> But if I say that, then my phone will start listening to me. So I can say, set a timer for this amount, or I can say how much time is left in the timer and it'll just tell me. So I don't actually have to pick up my phone. So you can utilize that too, because I'm thinking if I'm trying to time myself doing the fish tank, I don't have my computer. I don't think we have any manual old school timers lying around. I guess I could use the timer on the oven. Yeah. Because the fish tank is like in the porch by the kitchen. 
but no i don't i don't have the voice activated because it's always i don't like the fact the phone always listens i don't i don't like yeah no i feel like the phone <laughs> listens regardless oh yeah um, but that's will. that's yeah. like a whole nother podcast idea for conspiracy theories if it's not the phone it's the nsa you know yeah uh, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i yeah. although it is funny because it's only my voice because you need to record yourself saying it so that the phone recognizes it so a lot of times when i'm babysitting the kid will be in the car and the kid will be like hey siri hey siri and she'll be like screaming at it and i'm like it cannot hear you it doesn't recognize your voice nice try nice try. Uh, okay with that i uh, i'm gonna wrap it up because i think we've covered a few things and the cat is going crazy crying for food We'll turn it over to you guys. How do you find a balance between writing and other life things? Have you got any tips, tricks, or advice? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we'll be discussing what the benefits are of self-publishing with a special guest. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thank you for listening to the Marriage Podcast. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Shiny Objects. We're easily distracted. The music, titled Inspired, is by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.